This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Start things out here tonight. There is uh, some news from Strong City. We've been talking recently about the various different instances of uh, government people coming into the homes of families around the country. In this case, and in a few other cases, the families of people who have different religious beliefs than the vast majority of Americans. Uh, They belong to religious groups that are relatively small and therefore obscure and easy to pick on. And, of course, the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the biggest, uh, most recent example of all of this but strong city is a smaller one not any less important we talked to one of the uh, the i guess the head people over at strong city a few weeks back on the program jeff bent the son of uh, michael traveser who is the traveser anyway he is the guy that claims to be jesus or whatever just besides their religious beliefs uh that all aside what happened to them was awful the new mexico state bureaucrats came in And they took three teenagers from them, two females, one male. I believe their ages were 13, 15, and 16. Now, I'm not sure as to what the status is with the 15 and 16-year-old, but the 13-year-old female was returned to Strong City as of June 17th, so a couple days ago. Now, this was following a 10-day fast that uh, Michael Traviser put himself on in hopes of getting the girl returned. So, uh, apparently, after 10 days of fasting, they did indeed bring this young lady back to her home. And there's a a video posted on strongcity.info of her coming back and hugging the people that she was stolen from. So, again, very clear that this young lady was in no way interested in being separated from her family members and her friends on this particular uh, reservation or whatever it is you want to call it, this plot of uh, religious groups, plot of land out in New Mexico. So she's back, and uh, of course there's an incredibly long, rambling blog post to go, to go along with that. But I just thought I'd let people know the, a quick update on that particular case. Giving God all the credit, I'm sure. Oh, they are. And I'm, I'm amazed that I, I really, you know, it must be God, because I'm sh- I'd sure am, am amazed that the authorities re- return this, uh, this girl to these people. It just uh, surprises the heck out of me. What was the reason? Anything? I, I don't know. Uh, they say that there's no longer, they no longer have jurisdiction over her or something like that. That. I don't know if he really gets into the reasons. I couldn't read the entire post way too long, but uh, the the important portion is that she was returned, and so good. So yeah. not not everything has been as awful of an ending as it could have ended up being. Of course, she was still stolen from these people's homes for over I think over a couple months. Uh, so she was gone for for that period of time, and who knows? Maybe she'll post a, a blog post over at StrongCity.info talking about her experiences and, and what they tried to tell her or say to her or do to her. Who knows how she was treated the time that she was in state custody. So just thought I'd bring you that update, of course. Uh, I haven't heard anything new on the FLDS situation. I don't know if you've, either of you have heard anything there. No. But uh, last I understood there was that the, uh, the children were being returned to their parents, but the parents were still essentially under some sort of set of orders 
from the government to not leave the state and that they have to allow the government bureaucrats in anytime they want to come in for special surprise visits and interrogations. So they are certainly not out of the fire yet in Texas, but it sounds like things are going in the right direction over at Strong City with the uh, return of the young lady. So good to know. Yeah, that is good to know. All right, 800-259-9231. In other news, also relating to young people and parenting, the story is out of the CBC in Canada, where a father plans to appeal after a Quebec court ruled he didn't have the right to punish his 12-year-old daughter by barring her from a school trip. Talk about the government bureaucrats reaching way out of their realm and uh, into the realm of parental home punishment decisions. They're stepping in. It's bizarre. Quebec Superior Court Judge Suzanne Tessier ruled Friday that the girl should be allowed to attend the three-day trip within Quebec this week. Initially, the father forbade his daughter from going online after the grade 6 student posted photos on a dating site. According to the Globe and Mail... Grade 6? That's correct. The girl's parents are divorced, and she had an alleged row with her stepmother. That's a fight, by the way. Her father barred her from going on a a school trip to mark the class's graduation from elementary school, said the newspaper. When he said, okay, it's final, you're not going, she smacked the door, left, and went to live with her mother, said the father's lawyer. Last Wednesday, the father received a motion petitioning the court to overturn the punishment. Two days later, the judge ruled the punishment was too severe because the girl had already been sufficiently disciplined. The judge, or rather the father, said the judge had also... Excuse me. Said the judge also said there was no reason for the punishment to stand since the girl was now living with her mother, even though the father has custody. So legally, father is in charge of this young lady. She ran off to mom's house, and the judge is now saying, "Well, even though you have custody and these are normally your decisions, I'm making it my business, and you must allow your daughter to go on this trip." I I don't understand. I, I just don't understand how the judge can get involved in uh, a parent grounding a child. Um, it's it's ludicrous to me. I, what the hell's going on in Canada? I've got another Canadian story too, by the way, well, about how crazy it is. But I, I don't know. I I wouldn't say that this is anywhere un uh, as far as comparing Canada to the United States. This isn't really that different. I mean, in the United States, I think we've got a more serious situation, which I'm. I imagine might be duplicated in Canada as well. But what about all the stories, Mark, of uh, parents who have essentially and and their and their daughters and sons who have not been allowed to make medical decisions for themselves? What about all the American judges who have stepped in there and said, "Well, sorry, this is my decision, and I'm going to decide what's right for your kids." At the very least, you can call that. At the very least, I'm not defending it at any stretch, but at least you can call that a life or death situation. Um, you know, as opposed to this, which is simply a, um, a you know a, a parent's you know right to choose how to how to discipline their child according to the story here the judge's decision was not just a case of a child going to the court to get out of trouble a quebec family lawyer who's spoken with various attorneys involved said under quebec family law it's not uncommon for a child in a high conflict situation as between two parents to have an attorney appointed to protect his or her best interests in Quebec, no matter who has custody, we have joint parental authority, according to the family lawyer. There are issues of discipline where both both parents have to agree, and if they don't, we'll have a place to resolve the issue in court. The attorney so is the mother um, on the opposing side here? Is the mother saying that that's too stiff of a penalty? Because I'm just wondering here. It sounds like the girl brought suit, which is bizarre in yeah, and of itself. I'm not, I'm not too clear on that. The court is to be an objective third party, and these children who are in these high-conflict so situations... 
need the protection of the court, said the lawyer. I think we could presume the judge had good judgment in the fact that she read the statements and found out what both parents were saying and that the child was punished at least once for that, and this was an excessive punishment. While Badone said the case is a first for her, she doubts it will trigger a flood of similar claims. She said usually children have lots of respect for their parents and they wouldn't go there. She said the judge stressed that the case was an exception. She said, but for a field trip, I'm thinking this is a big exception. So they're claiming, no big deal, we're just, you know, we're making this one decision this one time. We don't expect anything else to come out of this. But, and of course, I mean, what kids are paying attention to the courtroom situation in Canada? It's not very likely that there are any other... uh, The parents are certainly paying attention. Certainly the case. Uh, Just kind of a disturbing story. I figured I'd bring that to you. As as, uh, a new parent, Mark, uh, yet another reason to keep your kids the hell out of government schools. Because the longer your kids are in government schools, the more likely they're going to be subject to all sorts of absurdities like this. I, I can't argue with you. But um, it, government school to me seems like a crazy idea. It doesn't end there, Mark. I know you said you I had mean, another Canadian story, but in the uh, subject of government schools and what can happen to your kids if they go to them, here's a story from the Times Online in the UK. Now, it's actually about America. Stories about an American government school student. It could be a long time before Omar Khan goes to college, as long as 38 years according to Orange County prosecutors who have arrested and charged the 18-year-old student with breaking into his prestigious high school and hacking into computers to change his test grades from Fs to As. Tricky. Now, look, I understand that grades are real serious to the government bureaucrats, but 38 years in prison for this? That's nuts. Yeah. More coming up here. You can take control. Bring up anything. He's facing 69 counts. We'll explain it to you here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those, including live streams. We've got a broadband version and a dial-up version of the program available free for you at freetalklive.com. President Barack Obama... The North American Union. How about John McCain? Unconstitutional gun and drug laws, a national ID card. What is your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. 38 years is what Omar Khan is facing in prison. What did he do? Did he rape somebody, burn down a few houses, kill a few folks? No, he hacked into a computer and changed his grades at government school. I I thought this was a joke when I saw the headline. Because it seems, it's so surreal. 38 years for grades? Expulsion is more along the lines of what they would do. Yeah. I mean, that would seem pretty reasonable. Like, okay, you don't get to come back to school. 38 years? I, I, I can't believe it myself. So. I, don't think a, I don't think a month would be appropriate for such a trivial thing. Well, We're talking about grades he broke, in high school. Broke into the school. And breaking, you know, breaking into a building is it's something. Yeah, I, well, I wouldn't, you know, a, a month I wouldn't get a bit out of shape out of. I, I really do feel that the best thing, um, you know, here would be for him to pay for any damages to any uh, equipment that he caused. That would make sense. Sure. And for, for him re- to, you know, have to do some kind of, uh, you know, community service or something like that. 
Well, if convicted on all 69 counts, including altering and stealing public records, computer fraud, burglary, identity theft, receiving stolen property, and conspiracy, Mr. Khan could spend almost four decades in prison. He's currently being held on $50,000 bail and is scheduled to appear in court as of today. Mr. Khan's defense lawyer, Carol Lavacol, described her client as a really nice kid and said there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. Prosecutors claimed that between January and May, Mr. Khan... One of Orange County's oldest, uh, he lives in, uh, excuse me, Coto de Casa, one of Orange County's oldest and most expensive gated communities, repeatedly broke into Tesoro, Tesoro High School, which was made famous by the reality TV series Real Housewives of Orange County. In an alleged plot that resembles the script to a 1986 high school comedy Ferris Bueller's Day Off, prosecutors claim he then used teachers' passwords to hack into computers and change his test scores. In at least one test, an English exam, Khan had been given an F grade because he was caught cheating. Prosecutors claim the teenager, who's alleged to have broken into the school late at night with a stolen master key, also changed, wow, the, gra- tricky. Also changed the grades He's of slick. 12 other students and that he installed spyware on school hard drives that allowed him to access the computers from l- remote locations. I'll bet you it was the uh, 12 other students. I bet one of them was the one that rolled on him. Tesoro High. Or one of them that told somebody who rolled on him. Could be. It's got 2,800 pupils. When you do something in secret, you don't tell anyone. That's his, why it's called a secret. His plan, says the prosecutors, was one to get a place at one of the co- was to get a place at one of the colleges within the University of California system. After his application was rejected, he requested copies of his student records, known as transcripts, in the U.S. educational system, so he could appeal. But when teachers looked at his files and noticed all the A grades that had magically appeared next to all the courses he had taken, they realized something was wrong. School administrators alerted law enforcement after noticing a discrepancy in the grades. Subsequent investigation revealed that Khan was in p- possession of original tests, test questions and answers, and copies of his altered grades. Khan is accused of stealing master copies of tests, some of which were emailed to dozens of students. The case has once again raised the question of whether technology, in particular mobile phones that can access the Internet, has resulted in an epidemic of cheating in the high school system. Hey, guess what? Kids have been cheating in high school for a long time before the internet. Yeah, I I I, I doubt that. That's that sounds to me like uh, you know you know classic adult stuff. Well, it's different than it was in my day when we cheated. We did it with good old fashioned crib notes, and and we walked to school and and listened to Elvis Presley. You know, uh, no, I'm sorry, kids are the same, and the tools have just changed. Another student is also accused of conspiring with Mr. Khan. He's facing up to three years in prison. The pair allegedly allegedly exchanged text messages last month while organizing a break-in. So if you exchange a text message with a guy that's going to do the break-in, does that mean that you get three years in prison even if you weren't even there? I don't know if the kid was there or not, but it doesn't sound like he was too involved. It, you certainly, it seems crazy to me. So there you go, 38 years, almost four decades in prison for changing a few grades in the high school computers. You know, um, to be an accomplice, one has to, uh, it it would seem to me, one has to render some kind of substantial assistance to the, uh, the, the perpetrator. And receiving and or sending text messages, talking to a person, if you don't give them any information one way or the other, if he's looking out for something, then he's an accomplice. If he's just... You know, well, be careful or, you know, good luck or whatever it is that he's saying. I don't feel that he qualifies as an accomplice. 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you've got any comments on this particular story, if anything, uh, if there's anything to glean from this, it's number one, get your kids out of the government school system. I remember when I was in government school a decade ago at this point. 
and I was relatively technically inclined, kind of one of the uh, the geeky kids in school, I guess you could say, and I got caught red-handed once. Um, I don't know if hacking was the right word because there was no password. I went, I was logging into the principal's computer. They had the entire school was networked, and I'd found the principal's computer on the network. Went in there, and so this is sort of you virtually found it. Yeah, I found it you on were, the little. You didn't go into his office, right? On the little network neighborhood thing or whatever okay. it was called back then. And I went in. I logged into his computer, and I clicked. Okay, to bypass the password screen. Turns out he didn't have a password. <laughs> so I basically walked right into his computer. Sounds to me like you hacksawed him. No, that's I'm I was not a hacker, but uh but anyway, I was poking around his uh his computer and as I was doing that, my lookout, I I was supposed to have someone looking out for me, but he didn't do a very good job and I the teacher in that class walked right up behind me as I was doing what I was doing and I was caught red-handed. Uh but man, I didn't face any punishment like this uh, for i mean nothing i think what happened to me was you know they i'm sure i got a referral i was sent to the principal's office and then the new for you well then what they did was kind of interesting the way they handled it back then was they invited me onto the school tech team so instead of uh instead of using my talents for evil i was using them to go and fix problems instead of uh, instead of create them so they gave me the opportunity to make something different happen instead of just plain old punishment that's a good idea and you know what it worked uh i enjoyed tech team i ended up getting a, a half a credit for taking the class which was basically i'd sit around and BS with the other guys in the the tech team class and only occasionally go out and have to do anything. It worked out well for me, but I guess I was just fortunate. You know, I was I guess I was just fortunate to do something like that ten years ago when things weren't as serious as they are in the government school system today. Whereas I could be could have gone to prison for for something like that. Well, uh, computers were a relatively new invention when I was in high school. I remember the uh, the, the computer kids uh, would use the five and a quarter inch floppy disks. You know, that, that were in, yeah, yeah. were in I fact floppy. That. Um, Julia probably never even seen one of those. Have you seen those? What? Uh, the old five-inch discs? Yes, I have. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. The, the, well, um, I did manage to steal a test. However, I, I talked my way out of it because they didn't quite have enough proof. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the funny thing, I you know got two Ds in the class and then suddenly got an A on the exam. Hmm. So lesson learned here, hopefully, parents, is get your kids the hell out of government school, especially if they're technically inclined and likely to hack into the principal's system or change some grades or something like that. Get them out of there. More coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And again, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And we are talking about government schools and how one young man out in the, uh, the California region is looking at up to four decades in prison, 38 years behind bars because he broke into the school and changed some grades in one of their computers. Seems like an overreaction to me. And it seems like yet another reason for parents that still have their kids in government school to seriously consider getting them out 
Because you may think that your kid is a good kid, and I don't have any reason to believe this guy's a bad guy. He just wanted to change his grades. I mean, the kid's grades are just well, he nothing. Seems like a serial uh, serial cheater, which you know, there's uh, there's uh, there's a place in the world for people that uh, can go outside of the lines without hurting people. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I I don't think that that in and of itself is a terrible thing. I mean, you know, he should be caught. He should be by the institution that he's, uh, you know, cheating. You know, within within which he is cheating, and he should be punished there. But uh, time in prison sounds crazy to no. me. You don't hurt anybody. If uh, if a similar thing happened at a private school, the private school could not have this guy strung up on charges like that. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe uh, for damaging the property, but as you said, Mark, he should only have to make good on that. So if he broke a lock on the way into the door and, you know, made some made some sort of a mess and destroyed things, then yeah, he should have to make good on that. But the worst that a private school could do beyond pressing charges for damages would to simply be, you know, tell the parents, hey, look, we don't want your kid here anymore. Here, here's your money. You know, we're going to take some of the money to make good on, uh, you know, the the problems that he created. But we don't want your kids. Don't don't bring him back next year. We don't want your money. And that would be it. That would be where it was over. So they probably I, wouldn't return any tuition, and they I don't see any reason why they should have to. No, I would agree with you there. They they would certainly at the very least keep whatever they they felt was necessary to make restitution. But that would be as far as it would go. But yet with the government system, there are there apparently are no limits on how insane it can be. And if again, if you think your kids are good kids, you never know when they're going to do something. You never know when the good kids, because I got good grades. We, we all, um, you know, we all learn from doing some bad things, you know, and uh, I don't, I, I, I mean, I don't, certainly don't think that cheating is the right thing to do, but, you know, he didn't hurt anybody, and there really is a, uh, a place in the world for cheating, uh, you, you, you know, if you can win the game by changing the rules for yourself, then you still win the game. He also probably wouldn't be so. He wouldn't be as likely to cheat if he could sort of customize his educational experience with the government schools. It's sort of this one size fits all track. And you mean so pick every, classes he wants right, to take? Every, I mean, there are a few options, but for the most part, everybody takes the same classes and you're told exactly what you have to take. Mm. Sometimes it's really hard to get through those ones that you just aren't interested in. That's a great point. Well, um, I noticed when I went from uh, private school to public school in eighth to ninth grade that actually the, the public school had a significantly more choices in uh, you know classes that I could take than uh, the private school did. There was almost no choices there. However, I went from being on the dean's list, which was a good thing, mm-hmm. um, in private school to getting two Fs in my first year mm. in public school. And I have to say, you know, to me, that's enough evidence right there that uh, there's just, you know, it, it, the teachers didn't, didn't care as much whether I passed or failed. And I did it for the reasons of, uh, you know, making the teachers happy. Now, Julia, at one time in your high school career, you had a bit of a run-in, and it didn't result in any prison time for you, right? And it was relatively serious, at least as far as the bureaucrats. Felt, well, right? actually, I did get threatened with, uh, they were going to put me in juvenile detention. That was sort of brought up. I did have to go to court, and it was sort of this huge or- ordeal. I'm not even exactly sure how it ended, because what my parents ended up doing was shipping me out of the state. They sent me to Florida and just sort of dealt with it on their own. Um, and I honestly don't even know what the outcome was of that. Maybe you're still wanted yeah. in Idaho. <laughs> but I, I, they did want to put me in juvenile detention for a while, but it was... And they also wanted to put me in special schools, the alternative schools where all the bad kids go. So then I mm. guess I would have become even worse because I'd be hanging out. So with what was this all about? When I got expelled okay. for the bomb threat. It was a bomb threat. 
It wasn't really a bomb threat, no, though, right? No, it wasn't really a bomb threat, but it was, I said some things I shouldn't have to the principal, and well, it was you right. you got to have to tell me what the things were you said. I don't remember exactly. I did... Clearly the word bomb was used. No, no, the word bomb was not used. <laughs> okay. Um, I said things like, I want to pee on your grave, and I called her some nasty names. And, okay. And just was an angry teenager going on and on and on saying stupid stuff. And I don't disagree that I should have gotten in trouble for that. Like, I did say some really inappropriate things. Okay. But I didn't say anything about bombs. And she said she felt really threatened in the situation. We were alone in the office. and She felt threatened. She felt threatened. I so see. because she felt threatened and Columbine had just happened, well, this girl might bomb the school. So... Yeah, that's blowing it out of proportion. Right. Just a little. So by the time Julia got into her trouble, it was a few years after I had graduated high school, and things had gotten a little, a little bit more serious than they'd ever been in the past. And now you can tell that they've really gone off the deep end. It's well, mad. When it's things madness. like Columbine happen, it gives them an excuse to crack down. See what's going on? I, We've got to crack down yeah. on this. I mean, I see where that's authority coming figures from. love authority. Yeah, and when you give them an, an, an opportunity to use authority more widely and right. broadly, they're going to do that. I don't know. I just feel like there's a big, uh, you know, a world of difference between coming and blowing away kids with uh, various different firearms, you know, compared to what this kid did, which was breaking in and changing some grades in the computer. I, there's a huge difference. I wonder how many years he would have gotten for killing somebody. I, I bet it would have been less. <laughs> he probably could have killed one of his classmates and, you know, gotten off with 10 years or something. Well, like that. I uh, I went to prison for murder, got 25, and yeah. they're threatening him with 38. That's true. Wow. So there you go. Get your kids out while you still can because the system is not going to get fixed. It doesn't matter if you elect Barack Obama or John McCain or whoever it is your local choices are at the state or federal level. It doesn't matter who you elect. The government schools are inherently broken. They can't teach anything besides in, uh, you know, indoctrination and obedience to the state. They can't teach anything effectively beyond that. It's just an awful, it's just an awful organization that just... It's just brainwashing kids and dumbing them down. That's all it's doing. And well, there's no reason to, to continue supporting it. A, with your finances, stop paying those property taxes, and B, pull your kids the hell out. The problem still is can. incentives, because um, the, the, the public school system isn't incentivized in the same manner that private schools are. That's right. If you uh, do something bad in a private school, like steal some tests or do something like that, they still, you know, they have to weigh it against, well... Am I going to get the money from this child for you know the, their education yeah. as to whether or not they want them there? Now, obviously, if you hurt a uh, teacher or uh, another student at a private school, you're still talking about the same jurisdiction of the, the police and, and that kind of thing. You can still call in the law if, if that kind of thing happens. But stealing tests, it wouldn't be an issue. Now, maybe the burglarizing of the school would be, but you're still not talking about yeah. 38 years. No way. I think that in a private school situation... You would see certainly more tolerance, as you're, as you're pointing out there, Mark, of, uh, of the kids. But at the same time, they could draw a line. If they didn't want to get, if a kid was being bad in whatever way, whether it be hacking his grades or threatening another kid or being disruptive in class or breaking stuff, whatever, kids do all kinds of bad stuff. If a kid was being bad, the private school has no obligation whatsoever to provide that kid with a, with a, an education. It's obviously going to be in the contract somewhere that says if your kid's acting out, we've got the right to refuse service. We've got the right to kick him out. So what you'd see happening in, I think, good private schools would be they would... If kids were acting out, they would try some sort of intervention, yeah. you know, bring them to a guidance counselor or whatever, have them talk to the parents, talk to the teachers, try to work it out. But if he continued to, to misbehave, 
they just kick him out. And so the schools wouldn't have a problem with bad kids. And in, in my, I recall in my county, there was a uh, private school that really sort of specialized in kids. In bad got, kids? In kids that had gotten kicked out of the public school system. That would inevitably be, I would think, something the market would demand. As, as parents were having their kids getting kicked out of the private schools, they would be demanding some uh, sort of a different sort of education for their kids. And inevitably, people in search of profit would provide that. And it could all be done voluntarily without without taxing anybody that didn't want to pay for it. But hey, that's pie in the sky, fantasy land, right? We can't have that. We can't have a free market in schools because then kids wouldn't get an education. They'd all be starving and dying in the streets. Oh, wait, that's nonsense. The free Lots market, of kids get private education. Yeah. Lots the, of kids get homeschooled. The free market is the way to go. If you care about the education of young people, that's what you should support. This government school system is tyrannical, it's despotic, and it's indoctrinating kids with a belief that the state is great. That's bad news. More coming up. It's free talk. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show want to help support Free Talk Live, then become a Free Talk Live amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. And get on board with the program for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the program, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and exposing more people to the message of freedom and liberty. If you like that idea and you like Free Talk Live, then AMP. And you get perks like access to the AMP-only chat room forum. Uh, the AMP-only, uh, let's see, there's a podcast that's AMP-only as well, which doesn't have any uh, pre-recorded commercials in it. So go to amp.freetalklive.com, learn more about that, and get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. We go to the phone calls. Paula is on the line in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Hi, hon. I was just uh, listening to you about the schools. I'm going to tell you something. My cousin, her little boy, she had to take him out of school and homeschool. He almost flunked the third grade the third time. That's incredible. And now she's got him up to ninth grade level already. And how old but, is he now? Uh, he's... He's the same age. I mean, oh, you know, wow. uh, anyway, the thing is, is that uh, these schools have gotten so bad here, people are actually leaving here. That's how bad it's gotten. Mm. And, I mean, this is horrendous. And, I mean, I just, uh, I mean, they don't teach them what they're supposed to be taught. They're not even taught the things that we were taught in school. It just I keeps mean, getting is, worse year after year. Yeah. And I've talked to our state representative here about this, and I said, you've got to do something about this. I said, get our, gov- our schools out of the government, federal government hands. I said, get back in the state. But anyway, I said, we need more charter schools. We need more, you know, homeschooling done. I said, until something's done, I said, these kids need to get out of these schools. I mean, this is horrendous. I mean, they're almost like prisons now. Well, you know, what's interesting is, at least where I come from, in Sarasota, Florida, they actually, apparently, at one point, the same guy designed the prisons as designed the schools. So there's there's some real striking similarities. I think that some yeah. schools were designed by some, you know, independent architecture firms. But yes, they're both institutions and likely they some They bought some around the same way. <laughs> yeah. Thank God we've got some good Christian schools here. You know, well, and, and a lot of the kids now have gone to those. Hey, you know, um, the, the fact is, if I was living where I was in Bradenton for, there for a while, I'd probably send my kid to uh, Braden Christian where I went to school because I think they get a better education. Yeah, you know, I guess I'd rather have my kid, I mean, as a pantheist, I'd rather have my kid taught the Christian stuff than having them taught the government stuff. That much is true. Thanks, Paul, uh, Paula, for the call tonight. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I don't think what bugs me about government schools is necessarily what they're not teaching. It's 
it's the the way they teach. The pretty much your entire education experience if you go to government school is memorizing trivial facts. Mm. Yep. And that's yeah. it. Don't forget the uh, sit down, be yeah. quiet, don't speak till your be hands on time. raised. You can't you, you you can't use the bathroom unless you've asked. Right. All these things. Obedience I, training. It's, right. It's really, it's, that seems to be largely what it is. and It's the Prussian system, as I believe it's called. How, how is that terribly useful for a child? I, my, my child's going to grow up uh, being homeschooled. He's going to be able to use the bathroom when he wants. It's a great point. Uh, it's not useful, except in the realm of the elites, where they want this sort of easily controllable, It's brave docile, kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it really is. They want this easily controlled, docile group of people that isn't really going to think outside the box, to use a cliche. Uh, that's, you know, they're not going to think outside the box. They're not going to question their circumstances. They've been trained to believe that you just go through the schooling path, you get out, you graduate, you get a job, and you stick with that job until you have a midlife crisis or you retire. And then, uh, you know, that's that. That's life. That's what it's about. Well, I don't think midlife crises are really accepted either. Are they not? Yeah, yeah you're, you're not supposed to do that. Right. How dare you quit your job and want something different for your life? Your family's counting on you. Yeah. So that's what it's all about. And there's a there's a book by, a, a, I think, the former teacher of the year for the state of New York, actually. Wasn't it John Taylor Gatto? That's right. John... He has a few books, I believe, and they're all excellent. Uh, have you read any of them? I've only read I excerpts. Read, yeah, I read it online Excerpts from um, uh, probably the same one you're thinking of. The name I think it's the Underground History of American yeah. Education. The whole but book is on there, isn't it? And uh, he does give yeah. away at least one of his books. That might be the one at uh, his website. John Taylor Gatto is the name you want to look for. He really gives you the inside scoop. G A T T O. He really gives you the inside scoop as to how the the government school system is structured. You know the the Prussian system that it was modeled after, and how it does exactly what it is that I was suggesting that it does. It just dumbs people down. Look around, man. Look at these kids that are getting out of school. I am amazed when I see somebody who looks like he's in his early 30s walking down the street in the you know the the gangsta hat, pushing his uh, two kids in the you know the stroller, and he, you know these people they don't seem that intelligent to me at all. They just seem like they're living this sort of pop culture light in this pop culture world where all that matters is, you know, the new hairstyles or the new uh, the new clothing styles and who's singing what songs uh, at the moment. Well, in defense, I mean, there was uh, it's not like that you could have gotten through public school that I went to taking some relatively easy courses. I mean, I decided to uh, top out at uh, trigonometry and analytic geometry. But the only th- the, the highest course you had to have was uh, algebra. I don't. You didn't even have to take algebra. Pre-algebra, really? I think. I, wow. I, I, you know, there was business math, which was you know addition, subtraction, things like that, and you could have got yourself a little degree and moved on. I don't know that uh, you. Know, I don't know what direction your hat would be facing if you uh, decided to do that, but you know, it's it, it. It wouldn't have been a hell of an education. Yeah. Well, I understand that, and that I think... would not have been acceptable at the uh, private school I went to. Just sure not. Sure. And I, what I would like to see is a, a more free market education environment where people are able to, and, as you were talking about earlier, I think, Julia, customizing their experience. Right. They can take the classes they want to. It's where if they're not interested in math, they don't have to take math. They can take the One courses thing they're that interested I in. I specifically remember that always drove me crazy was reading, for example. They would pick a book and you would have to read it. And now, when I think about the adults that I know, I only have one know one person that I work with that actually enjoys reading books. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that's destroyed in the school level because you're never allowed to choose books that are of interest to you. You're I have forced to, say I to hated read that. 
boring books. And if yeah. you just remember that when you get out, the last thing you want to do is go read a book. Yeah, right. book, and, book and suck is what you're talking about. I didn't read them. Just so you know. I didn't teachers, either. I didn't either. You know, The Red Badge of Courage, I still haven't read it. <laughs> I think I did. There was only one book I read in government high school. It was Ayn Rand's Anthem. They oh. had that one. Oh, that's interesting. And But it was real thin. So yeah. that's why I read that. One. Yeah, um, I, I read I've read I've read a great deal. I've read lots of books, lots of classics. However, I for one some reason or another have never bothered reading Red Badge of Courage. I probably should get to it, but haven't. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue here. Elliot is on the line in Ohio. Elliot, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey guys, uh, I'm actually eighteen. I just got out of high school, and I uh, I actually went to three high schools. Okay. Uh, my first was a public school, and I mean, you guys are right. It's nothing but a government conditioning facility. I mean, you dumb down the population real quick. I mean, like, here, here's a perfect example for you. See, being that they don't, like, teach you anything, I learned more on going to Alex Jones' website, infowars.com, prisonplan.com. Yeah, that's uh, enough about plugging. History. <laughs> yeah, just about history. I learned, like, actual, factual, useful information, more on my own studies, than I would ever learn in school. And then when I go talk about it in class, everyone looks at me real weird. You know, um, real weird. the fact is, kids are going to learn things about the things that they're interested in, and, you know, it, that that's a good thing. You want kids to learn things that they're interested in. Well, I have to say that uh, I have learned far more in the 10 years that I've been out of school than anything I ever learned in the government school system because I have been able to follow my own interests. I have been able to study as much as I would like to study on the things that I am most interested in. Well, I can tell you, every single day, I diagram a sentence. (laughs) You're joking. Isn't that the most ridiculous activity? (laughs) Cutting sentences up and making those funny lines with them and all that stuff. You have to know specifically how to draw the lines. Otherwise, you know, you've got it wrong. Diagramming sentences... I, I don't know anything about that. How about cursive? Do you write in cursive? I, I write in, you know, a, a, I use some of the things that I learned in cursive. You I, have my I own, had to own learn statement. calligraphy. Really? Yeah. I learned it in art class. <laughs> Thanks, Elliot, yeah, for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from right. you. 800-259-9231. I think you. it's good that kids get exposed to different types of, you know, cursive I think is fine. I think that uh, calligraphy is fine. I don't know that I would make passing or failing grades, uh, you know, contingent on this stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I suppose with cursive you want, uh, you, you know, the, that's what the younger kids are learning. So you want to, you know, definitely get them into that. But, you know, my grandmother wrote in... Uh, cursive all the time. I I can barely read that stuff. I think Julia is really on to something when she points out that the government school system is designed to teach kids to hate to learn. You know, it taught you to hate reading, and it teaches other kids that well, learning Well, I love is... reading now. Oh, sure, I understand that. But, that's, but, but that's yeah, when I came you. out of school, I did not like reading. It taught you that... And uh, it, it and it teaches kids to dislike uh, the whole education process, and it teaches kids that being dumb is cool. I remember that when I was in elementary school, it was really cool to be dumb, and that I don't think has changed. If it hasn't, I don't think it. Not only has it not changed, it may have gotten worse. It I either think hasn't it's gotten, or it's gotten worse. I don't think it was that way when I was in public school. Really. No. Well, it's that way now, let me tell you. To get away with things. 800-259-9231. The dumbing down of America. That's what the government schools are about. Hour two is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Mac is on the line in Georgia, and your call's about anything. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? 
First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go back into your phone calls. Mac on the line in Georgia on the amp line. Hello, Mac. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? Read this article about the Chinese. I mean, the Chinese in South Africa are now can be called black. <laughs> really, Chinese and yeah. South Africa yeah. or South American? South Africa. South Africa. Oh, the Chinese in South Africa can are now be. being considered yeah. or categorized as black. It's interesting. Yeah, I bet that's not making them but, too happy. Actually, very happy. <laughs> really? Why? What's Why? the advantage? Yeah. Well, you know about apartheid back in the 80s in all South Africa. Mm-hmm. Sure. And back then it was it was classified as non-white or colored. Well, after the apartheid ended, they were in a number of ways, you could say, as as far as the ethnicity was considered. And if you know people started to send them as white, and they started crying foul because of the fact that you know. They're saying they helped build the country of South Africa, and you know they're not getting you know the benefits as blacks, regular so, blacks might say. Well, so wait a minute. So, um, so is a situation? I don't. I mean, I'm not too familiar with the situation in South Africa. Are uh, blacks getting some sort of uh, reparations or something like that? I mean, what? Why yeah. would you? Hmm. Yeah, again, you might you, you might well see reparations because the apartheid that um. The government is giving them affirmative uh, action. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, affirmative action. I see. So, th- so they are getting perks. They're getting benefits as a result of being classified as black, as opposed to if they were white, they would not get those perks. Right. Gotcha. Well, Mac, how do you feel about that? Uh, kind of crazy, actually. Kind of crazy. <laughs> Well, I think what I think is crazy is is identifying people in groups, and I wish we could all get over it. I know it's not going to happen anytime soon, but I wish we could all, uh, yeah, I wish we could all just agree that people are people, men and women. There's some differences between the, you know, men and women certainly, but uh, generally not so much. And certainly, uh, melanin and skin color uh, is just just the way someone looks. It has nothing to do with their intelligence. It has nothing to do with their abilities or anything like that. Mac, thank you for your call tonight. I appreciate thing, it. Yes, thing. sir. Yes, sir. About um high schools, you know, 
I went to a vocational high school and a regular high school, and in my regular high school, only thing I liked in there was ROTC. Hmm. And in the vocational high school, I learned. That's why I got my own. Um, I started in the criminal justice field, and I actually learned more in the vocational high school, learning the trade in the state of services, than I ever learned in um in high school. Sure. Well, that makes sense because you're focusing in on one particular path instead of being forced to take all kinds of uh, classes that might not necessarily have interested you, as as Julia was talking about, the one-size-fits-all mode of education. Mac, thanks, dude, for the call. 800-259-9231. When will people learn that uh, people are just people? Human beings are human beings. We look, you know, some of them look a little different than others, but that's all. It's just how we look. Some people have brown hair, some people have blonde hair. Why don't we separate on those lines while we're separating people out? How about blue-eyed versus brown-eyed? What about those green-eyed people? They're trouble, let me tell you. It, it, it seems crazy to me to uh, give advantages or, or, or uh, disadvantages to a particular group based on their, uh, you know, the, the differences, you know, the racial differences. That seems nuts to me. Or, you know, for that matter, matter sexual differences. I think that people should be able to do that if that's what they want to do inside of their own businesses. I think that... Uh, you know, if you if you're a good Christian guy and you run a good Christian bookstore and and you don't want uh, to hire some, you know, flamboyantly gay individual at that bookstore because you feel that that's an abomination to Jesus, well, fine. And I think that the gays, uh, you know, groups that get together should be able to say, we should boycott that Christian bookstore. Absolutely. You know, I I don't have a problem with that either. I I think likely they are boycotting that Christian bookstore already, and yeah. that, <laughs> this is happening today in today's culture, and, and it's just an extreme example. I feel like people should be able to decide not to associate with other people for whatever reasons they want, and they shouldn't be forced by the government. However, I think that uh, at the same time that um, you know uh, the, the that the press and and other people word of mouth would spread around that if you're not serving black people or whatever at your restaurant likely a lot of white people wouldn't would decide they wouldn't want to go in there either i certainly i know i would not i know i would want to know about a a restaurant like that or a business like that so i could actively boycott them yep the the godfather of my child's black and i certainly wouldn't would not uh take uh take kindly to that 800-259-9231 is the SACL cai toll free line as we go into an email here from jeff in new hampshire he says guys i had a question for you and i'm not sure I have ever heard it expressly addressed on your show. He says, I've been a podcast listener since July 2007. I know you guys are not advocates of federal legislation or registries to crack down on people who commit acts of rape or those who advocate things like pedophilia, groups like NAMBLA, for example. I'm sure both of you would agree that the rapists in this example have done harm to others and should be criminalized for such actions. I would also like to follow up to that by saying that I would qualify rape as sex without consent. Now, I don't think anybody here supports rape, no. and I would point out that if, and while I disagree with having governments create these uh, registries, these sex registries, and the reasons for that, um, there are a handful of them, but one of the main ones is because people who end up uh, getting, you know, people who pee behind a tree in public end up getting charged with a sex offense, and they get into the same registry. 
Uh, so I think I think that's a problem, and I also think that people can change. I think that they can reform themselves, and if you are labeling them with a scarlet letter for the rest of their lives, I think that doesn't give them a, a fair shake and a, and a chance to make good and uh, the, in their the, future. The evidence shows I've I've looked at the uh, recidivism recidivism rates, and, and the fact is, uh, you know, sex offenders don't appear to be any more likely to recidivate re- recidivize than uh, most crimes. As a matter of fact, it's burglars that are most likely to commit again. So I would say that if you wanted to, on your own, as a some sort of a charitable group or privately funded group, fund your own sort of uh, sexual database, sex offender database, then I would have no problem with that. I mean, I might disagree with it in a in a fundamental way, but well, but be, you could do it. it because the government, um, a, a they're uh, they don't have any kind of responsibility for what they do. So if a private organization mm. decides to put me, uh, who has peed behind a tree, on their uh, sex offender registry, I can take them to court and I can sue them for punitive damages, That's which seems point. fair to me. Well, if the government messes Whereas up, the, then the government messes up. The jackball that did it doesn't face any kind of uh, of punishment, and likely they will move to the top of their organization so um you know that's that's the the main reason to me that whatever the government does is inefficient and it's it's you know it uh, you know they're not they're not held responsible so he asks a few questions here and would like our input number one in regards to rape as he again defines it as sex without consent number one how would you propose how how would you propose judgment slash penalties be passed down against people like this and then he goes on with the second question, but let's uh, focus on the first one. How should uh, society handle rapists? Julia, any ideas? Don't go to me first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Um, the It seems to me that, uh, that, that rapists have done harm to an individual, and that individual needs to be brought you know, made whole. So first off, they should have to pay for any kind of psychological counseling. Um, they should have to pay for any kind of medical bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should have to pay... Really, some, some kind of, sort of some kind of punitive damages yeah. to the to the injured party, and uh, you know I don't mind if they you know if they have uh, trouble paying up paying up right now like if they don't have the money in their pocket that they would have to uh, go to some kind of uh, slave labor camp that would would then uh, you know for instance I run the slave labor camp and the rapist uh, you know the rapist has a hundred thousand dollar bill. Okay, well, the rapist has either the choice of coming up with $100,000, which they don't have, or Mm -hmm. they can come to me and say, look, I've got to pay a $100,000 bill. And I would say, okay, I write up the, uh, you know, a check for $100,000 to the victim, and then they come to work for me under whatever conditions it is that I decide. Now, there would be other organizations that would be in competition with me. I'll grant you none of them would be uh, pleasant places, but neither is prison. Yeah. And therefore, that person can pay back. Well, they could have better, uh, they could have better, more pleasant circumstances to stay under, provided they were good and behaved well. And, you know, if they're they're violent and dangerous, then they're going to be in maximum security, and it's going to take them much longer to pay off the uh, the debt that they owe the victim whereas if they're cooperative and if they're helpful and and they you know regret what they did then they might be under minimum security and be able to right. pay that pay back quicker more coming up this is free talk live this is free talk live it's your show you can bring up anything the toll free number is 800-259-9231 brought to you by SACL CAI that number again, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Those features include the updates. Get signed up. We keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates. 
www.freetalklive.com to get on the list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. If you don't have your will in place or a living trust or a living will, you need to get that taken care of right away. Uh, your, your loved ones will be subjected to the horrors of trying to get uh, the money that you've earned that you want to go to them out of the court system. They could be uh, trying to uh, you know, decide whether or not to pull you off of uh, life-saving equipment. You need to get that done. You can get it done at uh, LegalZoom.com. You can use code FTL to save $10 off for your order. That's LegalZoom.com. So we're in the middle of an email from Jeff, and I know, Mark, you said you had an email coming up here, so get one of those ready. Uh, But Jeff in New Hampshire has some questions about sexual offenders in the free marketplace, and we were talking about how rapists and other people that harm others would have to pay restitution to their victims. Uh, which is is something that it's seen occasionally today, but not it's not as widespread as it should be, because in many cases what you'll see happen today is someone will be victimized twice, and what that means is when they they're victimized the first time by the criminal who comes along and rapes them or steals things or whatever it is that he does, and so that's the first victimization. The second one is when the the criminal, if they happen to be caught and if they happen to be convicted, then they go to jail. And that person is victimized again by having to pay to keep that person, that criminal, in jail. So they're victimized by the state to keep the person who hurt them alive, to keep that person behind bars. That individual is not paying for his own incarceration. The individual, in in most cases, is not paying back the victim. The victim is not made whole. I'm sorry, sending someone off to a dank, dark prison cell may be awful for that person particular individual but it doesn't help the victim to make anything anything really whole inside them and i'm not saying that cash payments is, are going to make rape right i'm not saying that you can ever really make someone whole from that but getting cash payments would certainly in my opinion be better than getting nothing at all and that's in many cases what people get today is nothing at all so the numbers, uh, number two question from Jeff in his email is whether or not you believe, as some people do not, that pedophilia slash child molestation is a rehabitable condition, i.e. can be cured through something like therapy, prison time, etc. Do I guess that is the question. Excuse me. The question is, do we believe that pedophilia slash child molestation is a rehabitable condition? Well, um, I, I believe that uh, you can punish bad behavior, um, that people can, can realize that bad behavior is unproductive to them mm-hmm. and cease to do that. Um, the, I believe firmly that every man on the planet is a murderer. I think that that's how we were uh, made. That we were made. We were. We were. You know. We are creatures meant to protect and uh, and provide for our families. And whatever. And, and at one time, that was whatever manner it took. I think sort of natural law overtook, and that re- people realized that they could get what they wanted better by providing goods and services to other people. And that uh, you know, killing, raping, and pillaging uh, wasn't the best method for that. So yes, I do believe that uh, somebody can can. You know, choose not to, uh, you know, reoffend in the area of pedophilia. It's. I think it's clearly the case. I mean, we've seen stories over the years about people who, you know, they might have done something um, against a, a young person when they were in their twenties, for instance. They got in trouble for it. They grew up. They married. They had children, and they've been 
happily ever you know ever after, except for the fact that they've been having to tow around this weight of the uh, the government sex offender system around their entire lives, and that has really become a problem for a lot of these guys who have been trying to move on with their lives, who have changed because. Whoever you were 10 years ago, I, I was listening, it was Will Buchanan, actually, from the Walk for Liberty at walkforliberty.com. Uh, he's, in, in case you don't know, we haven't, we haven't talked about it in a little while, but he is walking across the country from Oregon to New Hampshire on behalf of, uh, well, the Free State Project. He's trying to promote the Free State Project, and at one time he was promoting the Ron Paul campaign, but that's, that's over. I guess he's promoting Ron Paul's campaign for liberty at this point. But uh, Will Buchanan, really uh, intellectual guy, and I like what it is he has to say on his videos. Sometimes he really has some insightful things to say. And he was talking about um, who you were in the past versus who you are now. And he points out that all that matters is who you are now, in that whatever you did 10 years ago, it wasn't the same you. You were a different person back then. And he pointed out that it was just, it's like getting mad at yourself for doing stupid stuff in the past, as I believe we all have done stupid stuff in the past. Oh, yes. Getting mad at yourself now for doing stupid stuff then is akin to getting mad at a, 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 as he said, a fictional movie character for you know making the wrong move or going into the wrong room or, or getting you know doing something stupid on screen. No matter how many times you play that back, that fictional character is not going to change his or her actions. And similarly, what you did in the past is done. There's no going back to undo it. So you can beat yourself over the head as much as you want for it. That's not going to change. What happened? And it and it doesn't really matter anyway. As well, long as you've, you've I think changed, it, I think there's a point where um, you yeah that you can go too far in beating yourself up over past actions. I, but I also think that uh, you know sort of disliking who you were in the past in, in you know in bad areas because I used to tell lies and steal things. Yeah, absolutely true. I don't like that about me, and I, it embarrasses me when I think back sure. on some of the situations where I got caught in lies. Usually, lies I get away with doesn't bother me. Um, you know, got caught <laughs> in lies and got caught stealing things. I, it embarrasses me. And well, that's okay. That's good. But, but you, you know, are, to dwell on it and, yeah. and you know, to, to be stifled in some way by it or think that I'm, uh, you know, not Less worthy of, of anything now, right. uh, that's not really worth it. I mean, I can, I can imagine that there are people that I've hurt in my life that probably think that, uh, you know, that, that I'll, never be, yeah, yeah. I'll never be good at all. Like, I'm written off. I'm killed off in their mind. I'm a bad person. I'm in the bad person category. And I can understand. And that's sure. That's, that's some of the damage that gets done when you do bad that's things. That's damage that gets done when you, get, when you do bad things. Absolutely. But I think he was pointing out that uh, you shouldn't let it hold you back from what it is you're looking to do and who you are today. And he pointed out that's all that matters is who you are in this moment and the choices you make now. We've all made poor choices in the past. Hopefully, we've learned from those choices. Perhaps we had the opportunity to make good on a negative choice that we might have made that in some way perhaps offended someone or harmed somebody and uh, apologize for it or, or make good, make that person whole. At that point, once that's done, you may regret your choices, but there's no point in sitting there and harping on that. There's no point in uh, beating yourself up mentally over and over again over some some mistakes that you made. Learn from them and move on. And make the right choice next time. That's all you can do, really. 800-259-9231 is the number for you. Mark, you said you had an email, right? I, I absolutely do. All right, let's I jump several, into that. Actually. Um, Pick so one. 
Anyway, uh, last night's show, this is from Jeff. Uh, last night's show, you were discussing what, um, what if scenarios to establish. Oh, God, if, not this again. Well, this is a little different. Um, if Ian holds the moral aspect of a free market as more important than the practical aspects of a free market. During the discussion, Ian kept stating that it couldn't happen. However, we have an interesting and relevant historical case in Mary Malone that demonstrates a similar kind of scenario to what you were discussing. Mary Malone was the carrier of typhoid fever. This is the infamous Typhoid Mary. And he's going to tell a little bit about it and kind of uh, talk about, well, you know, ask some questions about how that would be dealt with in a free market society. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. All terms used to describe Dan Carlin earlier in his career. The Angry Young Wolf. You deny others their freedom and they're going to deny you yours. Mussolini on the veranda. I'm a longtime proponent, ladies and gentlemen, that fighting war should be a pain in the ass. A big windbag who just likes to hear himself talk. Let's hook that area on American culture and give those fanatics something to really deal with. You think you're tough? Take on Britney Spears. You think you're tough? Take on MTV. It's Common Sense with Dan Carlin. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Again, that is the number for you. Bring up whatever you want. Uh, You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those, including the wiki. Over 1,700 pages were created by listeners like you. You can go and edit virtually anything you see. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. W-I-K-I. Dot freetalklive.com. Travel less. Meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to WebEx.com and enter promo code FTL to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X.com. Enter the promo code FTL and start your free trial of WebEx today. It's uh, meeting software, and uh, I, think that's, I think it's a pretty good idea. I'm, I'm interested to see whether... Some business meetings uh, can be accomplished on the Internet uh, more efficiently than they could be in person. It would seem that now is uh, the best time for such a so- I mean, for such software. Certainly more people over time have become telecommuters and they've been working from their home. But now with gas prices uh, going as high as they are, it's going to be a real incentive for people to find other ways. I was at uh, a meeting for the Cheshire TV uh, board members here. I'm on the board of uh, Cheshire Television, which is the cable access channel here in Keene. And uh, one of them was talking about how his wife is now getting a day every week, one of one week or one day per week where she can work from home. Um, and it, he says it's it's really awkward when he it's really strange, I guess, when he comes home and his wife sitting there in her bathrobe or whatever, is, you know, tap, tapping away at the computer because you don't have to get all dressed up and you don't have to get in the car and you don't have to, you know, brave the traffic and you don't have to spend all that time on the road. I mean, this is, seems to be a, a real good idea. It's WebEx, W-E-B-E-X dot com. You know, uh, another thing is uh, some companies are trying uh, 10 day work work days and, or 10 hour work days instead of uh, eight hour work days and then doing four days a week instead of five. Interesting. And thereby allowing people to, you know, spend more time at work and therefore fewer days traveling. And probably better times, too, because if you're sitting in traffic, just, you know, going slower, bumper to bumper or any of that, you're wasting gas. So, Mark, you had an email we're in the middle of. uh, Typhoid Mary was who you're going to tell us about. Mary Malone was a carrier of typhoid fever. She showed 
no symptoms, but could infect others. Over the course of a couple of years, she infected about 30 people through her work as a cook and a housekeeper. She was tracked down by a free market investigator, a health engineer hired by her previous employer. The investigator was attacked by her when he approached her. Uh-oh. Well, he was not very tactful when he approached her. Authorities uh, uh, quarantined her after she refused to stop working in jobs that were high risk of infection of, of infecting others. Mm. She did not believe that she could have the condition without showing symptoms. She even went so far as to change her identity to avoid detection by authorities. Mm. When she died, an opt- autopsy finally proved definitely that she was infected with typhoid. Nobody's 100% sure up until that point. Interestingly, her case was precedent-setting at the time. She was not technically guilty of any crime. She had not knowingly infected anyone. The judge knew um, he could not allow her to roam free, infecting the populace, but he couldn't find a reason to lock her away either. So a few questions spring to mind, though uh, really are uh, rephrasings of the same question. Did the uh, contracted security force, a.k.a. the government police, act appropriately when they imprisoned her and quarantined her for life? I'm asking you. I would say no. They did not act appropriately. How would a totally free market have handled the case once it came to light? I have no idea how the free market would handle that case. Can I you can't take a predict- poke at it. I can't predict what people, uh, marketplace actors, would end up doing uh, with something like that. Presumably, if people knew that an individual was dangerous in that way, they could be ostracized and but, prevented but they don't from know. entering no private property. No one was one hundred percent sure. Well, what can you do then? It just walks around infecting people, I guess. Guess you're going to have to come up with a cure, I suppose. Is it incurable, typhoid? No, well, at the, t- at the time, it was killing people. Yeah. Uh, now, it's uh, not, a, not a big deal. Well, uh, necessity is the mother of invention, as they say. And if it turns out that something dangerous like that is happening, inevitably, people in search of profits will come up with ways to keep people safe, or we'll all be exterminated. Okay, um, very nice. I, I suppose that uh, organizations, uh, for instance, uh, I know that the JCs exist, and, and they want to eliminate polio. And I, I know that there's vaccines for polio, and it must be transmittable somehow. I'm not a polio expert uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I know that they've been, you know, polio is just about uh, eradicated globally, and through no small extent through the help of uh, JCs. Um, did I say JC's? Maybe it was Rotary. Excuse okay. me, it's Rotary. A bunch um, of old guys hanging out, right? Eh, whatever, they're doing some good. Yeah. And uh, the <laughs> one of these organizations likely would hear about uh, the situation where Typhoid Mary was running around and offer her money in order to stay the hell away from people. She hey, that's be, an idea. She could be employed. See, you're an innovator, Mark. Yeah, I'm smarter than you, that's all. Yeah. Um, she could be employed in uh, some... She she could have a job like you where you never leave the house. Exactly. And uh, she, therefore, she wouldn't infect anybody. You're not she going... could use WebEx. <laughs> <laughs> Would a, uh, free that's market... added value for them. Would a free market uh, have uh, have had a moral cause to lock her away? Would a totally free society no. have had uh, would had to allow her freedom? Who is the aggressor in this case? How do you think the case should have been think handled? There is a, I don't think there is an aggressor unless she knows that she's infected and is actively trying to infect other people. That would be an aggressive action on her part. But as far as uh, you know, locking her away, then you're taking her freedom away from her. Whereas if you were to simply uh, enforce your own private property rules, she would have free, her own freedom on her own private property and on the property of those who would allow her access 
But if uh, if she was a dangerous person, whether she's dangerous because she's violent and un, you know questionable of her activities, or she's dangerous because of some sort of communicable disease, communicable disease, uh, let the marketplace decide how to handle that. Well, it would seem to me that uh, these these arbiters that would be out there, these you know, take the place of the court system, when I'm sure they would be significantly more uh, efficient. These arbiters, uh, you know, would all only have to be presented with enough evidence that uh, typhoid Mary is. You know, infecting people. For instance, if you went to three or four different businesses and they ended up missing product and money every, uh, you know, all these places, and they mm-hmm. got together and said, "We're missing product and money." That guy Ian was here. I don't, you know, at that point they have evidence to bring a case in front of, um, you know, a, a court to say, "Look, Ian's stealing from us. We need to be able to collect some evidence here," and uh, you know, therefore they'd be able to collect some evidence. In the same manner, a uh, few people would come forward and say, we knew Mary, we think she gave us uh, typhoid. Mm-hmm. And they would go in front of the arbiter, and the arbiter would say, yeah, that sounds right. Here are five people here saying that uh, they've got typhoid, and they believe that it's uh, Mary Malone. Mary, we're going to compel you to give some blood. And they could test her in that manner. Now, I don't know, probably in the day that Mary Malone existed, they couldn't test blood for typhoid fever. I don't know. I'm certainly no expert in this manner, uh, this this uh, you know sort of thing. But... I think that a court could compel somebody to give blood, and therefore, if they were wrong, though, they'd be in some deep s. Uh, to give blood, they, they she hasn't been she hasn't been harmed. You're forcing someone to give blood against their will, and you turn it turns out they don't have what you thought she, what they thought uh, that they or the, what they thought she had. They could be uh, liable. I don't. I I I think that there, somebody would be liable. Certainly, there would be a bond yeah. put up, but I don't think that it would be anything um, dramatic because people want to be kept safe and they want to be, you know. Therefore, they have to have a functioning court system, and that court system has to be able to, uh, you know, uh, it, it has mm-hmm. to be able to find evidence. And so, it, no more than uh, you know, somebody being sent to your house to search for, search for the stolen merchandise, um, they don't really harm you in the same way. She hasn't been harmed by giving up blood. So it certainly beats being put in prison for some reason, you know, something you didn't do. Isn't sure. that so? Yeah. So at that point, when the, once they find out that Mary, in fact, has typhoid, then I believe that they can, uh, you know, that, that they can quarantine her for life. Yeah. It'd be nicer to offer her some treatment. That would be nicer. But, but who knows? What, what, you know, th- this was this was a time when typhoid didn't have treatment. Sure. I understand that. What the treatment is, stay the hell away from people. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. All right. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. We can Not continue. Not easy case, is it, Julia? I'm enjoying listening to both of you prattle on at each other. All right. So to the Guardian, uh, since we're talking about health-related issues, here's a kind of a pickle of a question. Like any other three-year-old child, Molly has brought joy to her parents. Bright-eyed and cheerful, Molly is also deaf. And that's an issue which vexes her parents, though not for the obvious reasons. Paula Garfield, a theater director, and her partner Tomato, yes, that's the name, Tomato Litchi, an artist and designer, are also deaf. And they hoped to have a child who could not hear. Yeah, a lot of deaf people are that way. They said, uh, we celebrated when we found out about Molly's deafness. Being deaf is not about being disabled or medically incomplete. It's about being part of a linguistic minority. We are proud. They're proud to have a deaf daughter. And we'll look into this more because there's an issue here. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Doesn't matter how much stuff you buy, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Actually, the more stuff it, that is purchased in a given month, we do get a higher percentage. But don't let that affect your buying decisions. You need to buy what you need to buy. Don't buy more just on our on our behalf. Uh, but definitely get what you need because Amazon's got it all. In fact, they just opened up their office supply store. So if you need stuff for your office, Amazon's got it. And everything else. Cool. I mean, they sell virtually everything. Today, uh, we saved you about 50 bucks, Julia. Yeah. How'd that happen? Uh, well, I bought a PlayStation 3 and uh, cable to hook up the HD to it. It cost me $50 to get that HD cable in the store, but it was a dollar, I think, and 34 cents on Amazon. Wow. Yep. Yeah. That's so I difference. bought that and then returned the HD cable today. Yeah. Gosh. And she bought, a, uh, she bought me lunch because it essentially paid for the lunch. All that savings. And uh, Amazon's got to go I would buy on. him a Tic Tac, quite honestly. <laughs> Just take money miser. and run. Anyway, so you want a great deal on some uh, great products, go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Even stuff you don't, you can't purchase, stuff that's downloadable, for instance, like Amazon Unbox. I believe they're offering us like a 20% spiff on uh, Amazon Unbox. What is that? So uh, it's where you can actually watch movies and television shows on your computer on demand through oh, Amazon. So. Wow. Lots of ways to uh, buy stuff, and Free Talk Live gets a cut if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We're talking about a deaf little girl. Her name is Molly. She's three years old, and she can't hear. And now her parents, Paula and Tomato, that's apparently her name, uh, both artists, theater directors. Hold uh, on, there's two. It's two women? Yes. That's my presumption. Uh, they, you think they use Tomato's the term a partner. name? They use the term partner. I don't know that that's necessarily... But... I, okay, go ahead. We'll we'll uh, leave the the name tomato as ungendered. Anyway, uh, they say being deaf is not about dis- being disabled or medically incomplete. It's about being part of a linguistic minority. We're proud not of the medical aspect of deafness, but of the language we use in the community we live in. Many deaf people feel this way that they uh, you know they 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 want their children to be deaf because they really love their little subculture, and I can understand that. Yeah, I don't know if I understand that at all. I, I think it's strange. I understand trying to make the best out of your situation. I understand that, like, okay, I'm deaf, now I need to make the best out of it and learn how to communicate with people as best as possible, and, and it's okay to feel good about having problems and not be depressed about it. I, I can understand having a positive mindset about it, but to deprive your children of the the ability to hear if they have the option, because well, apparently there are, there are some ways that can be... That this can be changed. If they have the option at age three, don't they also have the option at age fifteen, or when I mean when they can make decisions for themselves? Well, I don't know. Actually, the story isn't so much about Molly as it is the second child that they're hoping to have. Uh, apparently, they they're also hoping to have, and it's two women. And you think that uh, the, you think it's two women? I don't know. Maybe not. I think Tomato is a male, masculine okay. name in this particular instance. Whatever. Anyway, they say they want... I think when it's masculine, actually, it's tomato. They also want their uh, their second child to be deaf. 
and that desire has brought them into a sharp confrontation with British Parliament. The government's... Want them to be deaf? Wanting your child to be deaf? That's correct. They want their children to be deaf. What are the steps they're taking in order to have their child be deaf? I don't know. The government's human fertilization and embryology bill, scheduled to go through the Commons this uh, spring, will block any attempt by couples like Garfield and Litchie to use modern medical techniques to ensure their children are deaf. The bill is a jumbo-sized piece of legislation intended to pull together all aspects of reproductive science in Britain and pave the way for U.K. scientists to lead the field in embryology. But in trying to do so, the civil servants drafting the bill have provoked a great deal of unrest. Paula is now in her early 40s, says Litchie. Our first daughter was born naturally, but due to Paula's age, we may need IVF for the second. I don't know in what vitro IVF... fertilization. Oh, okay. Uh, the trouble is, according to... One of the clauses in the bills, the selection of a hearing child through IVF is permitted, but embryos found to have deafness genes will be automatically discarded. This sends out a clear and direct message that the government thinks deaf people are better off not being born. Now, while I think that uh, the government has no business in deciding what parents can and can't have as far as a baby is concerned, I don't think it's any of the government's business. I do agree that I think it's I think it's wrong uh, to purposefully make your child uh, deaf. I mean, would you make your child blind so they could be part of that culture too? Would you you make your child a mute? That culture isn't as large, and uh, you know, deaf people their disadvantages are smaller than blind people's. I understand that, Mark, but I mean, come on, this is crazy. Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Believe it or not, I'm going to take the other side of this one. Okay, so red, you don't think it's crazy to make your child? Redheaded people um, are more uh, susceptible to sunburns and uh, skin cancer than, uh, say, for instance, Mac in Georgia, who's black. Okay. <laughs> so, would you willingly uh, make your child redheaded, knowing that uh, they could be burned by the sun if uh, if they you know stayed out too long? I see your t- I see what you're pointing out here, Mark. You're saying there's a difference in degrees it's here. It's an issue of degrees, and I think that uh, you know in that particular case, at least the young person or the, the 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 individual could choose to put on sunscreen, could choose to limit their time in the sun. The fact is, even if you aren't a redhead, too much time in the sun is going to result in a sunburn, and I think pretty much everybody knows that. But to deprive them of of all of their senses, we're talking about Not a all sense. All of their senses. Well, to, one of their senses. We're talking about a sense here. You only get a few. Of them and to not have one of them, I think is it's outrageous to me. I, not me. I, I'm sorry. I think that uh, deaf people should be able to choose that if they want that. But they're choosing it for someone else. It's not their choice. It's well, their it's child. The same idea as religion, though, isn't it? Where I mean, essentially, when you're born into a family, you're born into whatever lifestyle they decide for you because you. I mean, they own you at least for a little while. Yeah, not you just really. don't like it because they can't listen to Free Talk Live. Oh no, no, that's not <laughs> it. There are actually there's actually a website out there, Mark, and I forget what it is, but I uh, I found it the other day. They you you can I guess put an MP3 file in there and they'll transcribe the show, so you could actually get Manually a transcription. Transcri- the website transcribes audio. Wow, I don't know how accurate it is. Probably not that accurate, but I mean, computers do it. Yeah. Okay. It's like voice recognition software. Basically. It seems possible. I'm, yeah. I'm, so, so deaf people can actually listen to, or they can experience free talk live via uh, via transcripts. But I, I think that's different, Julia, because you're talking about kids are born into a family with a particular religious viewpoint. Okay, fine. They're going to get indoctrinated that way, but that doesn't mean they can't change that later on down the line. Once you're deaf, you're deaf. I mean, I don't think they can reverse yeah. that, right? 
There well, is. There are some types of deafness. Yeah. Certainly, some types of deafness that you can uh, reverse. And are mom and dad going to pay but for that? The uh, the example that, uh, that, but in that case, it would be a heck of a lot easier to learn from being three years old um, how to live through, you know, how to hear through electronic means than it would be at eighteen. So I, I'll give you, I'll concede that point to you. However, um, I no, I feel that uh, parents should be able to choose if if they're, you know, if if they're being able, if if parents can choose genetic predispositions in their children, then they should be able to choose what ones that we don't like. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't be able to choose this, Mark. I I do think that they can do those things, and I don't think the government should step in the way. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to disagree vehemently with it. I think it's I think you're depriving your children of the wonders of being able to hear. Being able to hear is a great thing, and why would you want your child to go through life without that option? It's, well, you and I that can agree. Absurd. On, uh, you and I can agree somewhat on that. Um, I I would say that if if you're deaf and you're thinking about having children, that you really should think about the, what the child wants, not just what you want for the child. Yeah. Um, however, I think that those people have that right to make that decision. Okay. That That's usually what parents do. I mean, parents love to live their lives through their children. So, and I think it's I, messed I mean, up. I don't necessarily... I concur. I haven't decided... Like, I feel a little strange on this, and I don't think that I necessarily agree with it, but uh, I, I, I mean, I guess they have the right to do that, right? Sure. And I would think that, uh, you know, if their child found out down the line... That they could have heard, like I could have had a hearing life, but my parents decided that I, w- I was going to be deaf. They should be able to sue them, as far as I'm concerned, because I was just watching this. Well, uh, it's, it's not so, though. Remember, they're essentially with uh, in vitro fertilization, they're, choosing, um, they're not choosing that child. Your, that child could either hear, or could, could either be deaf or be dead. Not, non-existent, I guess, would be the. Oh, really? And so that would be a choice of another child. Oh, okay. That's, I gotcha. That's really that's my understanding of it. I mean, yeah, I don't know much about the about the science, but I know that I, I was just watching uh, Julia. You were watching one of the episodes of Penn and Teller's BS re, um, last night. That was the circumcision one, the male yeah. circumcision episode, and that's a depressing show for me because um, I'm circumcised and I didn't have a choice in that. My parents made that decision for me, and as a result of that decision, as I understand it, I have less sent. Uh, you know. S- I have less nerve endings in my unit than I would otherwise (laughs) and could have less uh, enjoyment of sex because of that. Thanks, Mom and Dad. Appreciate that. 800-259-9231. But that's nothing compared to being deaf. If I'd been deaf because of the choices of my parents, I'd be pissed. Because, of course, then again, I wouldn't know what I was missing, I guess. More coming up. Hour 3 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Provider and licensing details are available. If this is your paycheck and this is your debt, what are your options? File bankruptcy and tread water the next seven years? Or make a call for Care One Credit Counseling Services and start getting out of debt today. A Care One Credit Counseling Agency can help you get immediate relief from stress caused by debt. And you'll have one lower monthly payment instead of the pile you have right now. Call a Care One agent today and you can start saving hundreds of dollars in fees and interest payments. Care One agencies have helped over 4 million people get out of debt and they can help you too. Call 800-952-9224. 800-952-9224. And find out how you can lower your monthly payments up to 57%. One 15-minute phone call can change your life. Call 800-952-9224. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Our number here is 800-259-9231. Uh, let's see, Mark, I know you said you had a uh, some sort of story about a psychic. If you could pull that one up, uh, government school-related. We started the, the show out by talking, or, or at least in the beginning hour of the program, we talked about how a guy is facing you know up to four decades in prison because he changed his grades. So the government school absurdities just keep piling on. What happened here, Mark? Two bizarre stories today out of uh, Canada, the one we uh, talked about earlier in the show. You can get it in the archives at uh, freetalklive.com on the left-hand side of the page. And this one, um, the mother of an autistic girl says the public school board was completely unprofessional to formulate a theory that her daughter was being sexually abused basic on, based on a psychic's perception. Uh, Whoa. Barreri resident <laughs> uh, Colleen Ledick wants, wants an apology from the uh, Simcoe County District School Board, which called the Children's Aid Society to investigate. According to the board, the case is still under investigation, though Ledick says it was closed. Ledick immediately pulled her 11-year-old daughter, Victoria Nullett, out of Terry Fox Elementary School on the north uh, north end prairie. I have trust issues now, Ledick said, that they're going to, um, what are they going to concoct next week? Mm. Victoria has severe autism and is nonverbal. Dr. Lindy Zaretsky, a school board superintendent whose portfolio includes special education, said the school was just following protocol, adding the board um, the board is bound by the same legislation, Child and Family Services Act, as the CAS when it comes to suspended or neglect um, sexual abuse. To, excuse me, suspected or um, um, suspected neglect or sexual abuse. It is clear in all cases, that this information must be reported, Zaretsky uh, said. The local CAS <laughs> won't comment on specific investigations, but said that the legislation stipulates that all cases of suspected abuse are reported if there are reasonable grounds. The school- A psychic apparently is included in reasonable. The schools are our eyes and ears <laughs> in the community, said Mary Ballantyne, executive director of the Simcoe. That statement right there is creepy to me. The schools are our eyes and ears for the community. Creepy. That's yep. not what schools are supposed to be. They are with the children more than anyone else in the community and, and are the first to spot a child who may need our protection. About 80% of CAS's calls reporting um, reporting abuse and neglect came from schools, she, she added. Interesting. But Ludick said information gleaned from a psychic shouldn't be the impetus for the board to launch a <laughs> CAS investigation. First of all, what we're um, doing, what are we doing taking a psychic's word? Then wow. correlating that with Victoria's behavior um, to design a theory. Ludic said. The board st- um, stands by its decision, despite all the initial information, um, where all the initial in- information came from. It has not been uh, board practice to use psychic readings, Zaretsky said. On May 30, it is now. Ludic picked Victoria up from school, where she was enrolled in an autism spectrum disorder class with several boys around the same age. When Ludic returned home, there was an urgent call asking her to return the Livingston Street's, um, Street East School. Frightened. Returned to school. Right. Okay. Ledick rushed back to the school. She and Victoria entered a room where they were met by the principal, the vice principal, and the teacher. Ledick said they advised her that Victoria's educational assistant, 
EA, was visited, um, had visited a psychic who said a youngster whose name began with a V was oh, being sexually abused by a man between the 23 and 26 years old. Ludic was also handed a list of recent behaviors exhibited by her daughter. School principal Brian Treman, who referred to Tremaine, who referred to phone calls uh, seeking comment to the board, so referred the phone calls seeking to the board, advised Ledick that the CAS had been contacted. That's when I got sick to my stomach, she said. I was shocked by the whole meeting. So you're getting this? Yeah. yeah. Apparently, an educational assistant. So this isn't a teacher. This is is the, the teacher's assistant. She had a hunch. Right, um, so she visited, brought in a Well, psychic? she visited... No, she just went to the psychic. Oh, really? And, you know, <laughs> give me a reading. And the psychic said, one of your children whose name begins with the letter... Wait, <laughs> it's... it's it's I, I'm focusing... The letter V <laughs> is being molested by a man between the ages of 23 and 26. You must do something quickly. Wow. And so then the teacher's assistant, this low, the f- lowly schlub, right. goes to the teacher. Then they go up on the line. I cannot believe this went as far as it did. They had the principal, the vice principal, and the teacher, teacher's assistant and psychic, nowhere to be found at this meeting. And then they said, we've called CAS because... That's like the C- um, We have evidence of that your families. daughter... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Your, your daughter is being sexually molested. Well, fortunately, she didn't suspect the, the mother, but uh, <laughs> what the hell... I mean, what the wow. hell? Wow! So yeah. the mother has done the wise thing and pulled her daughter out of the school. Get out of there! Unfortunately, with a you know with a child with autism, it costs a lot to try to educate them. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's the point in educating a, a a child with severe autism? I don't know. Yeah, but I don't. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm either. Not, not I don't, either. Don't know I much think, about that. But but the issue here is, of course, the idea that these bureaucrats would even respond to a uh, a psychic's reading. Oh my gosh, Madam Psycho has determined that uh, something's bad is going on. We must do an investigation, full investigation. Bring together a blue ribbon panel. It's Let's bizarre. look into this. Who would, I mean, that this would even get through. And then, I mean, this according to the CAS here, uh, the, the um, I can't remember what it's called, the, the Children's Aid Society, that's what their um, CPS is, mm-hmm. the, their investigation's still open. According to the mother, it's closed. But what? Wow. You're still investigating? It, likely these investigations will never close. You know, I guess she should feel. Lu- I guess the mom should feel lucky in this case that they didn't just take her daughter from her based on the psychic's word. I mean that would have been. I mean that would have been the, as absurd as the story could have gotten. Yeah, but thank yeah. goodness it didn't go there. I guess. So how do you feel about that? 800-259-9231. Yet another story that should be a shot across the bow to parents. Get your kids out of these government schools. You could be next. They could decide to victimize your family next. And it doesn't have to be for a good reason. Clearly, it doesn't have to be for a good reason. You just hope that the eye of the government doesn't turn on you. That's all it is, right? It's just a, it's just a crapshoot at it, this point. It really is. I mean, you know, the, the psychics? Psychics? I'm speechless. That's just silly. I, what can you say about this? It's so ludicrous. It, it's insane. Next thing you know, they'll be bringing the psychics into the classroom, and uh, she'll be you know, trying to ferret out who all of the abuse victims are. Hey, she figured out old Veronica was being touched. Let's see if she can find some more. I'm going to go on the record and say that uh, in no government investigations should the word of a psychic be used. Yeah. You know, if, it's nonsense. If, if These the people are hucksters. chase after uh, a murderer with a, uh, you know, on the word of a psychic and then gather evidence based on that, 
okay, fine. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, you bring somebody else in for an opinion, fine. But you need evidence, and there isn't any. Yeah, the word of a psychic should not be counted as evidence. I mean, these are people who make it their – it's their job to separate people from their money, poor uh, individuals who just want to feel better about their lives. They go to psychics, uh, and these – they're just – they're hucksters. They're taught to cold read. Uh, they're, they, you right. know, they're taught to ask questions I think that, that largely, reveal information. I think that large – I think that – I think for one that I can't explain everything that goes on in the known universe. Um, you know, I'm not a big – I'm not a big believer in, in psychic powers. Hey, there might be real deal. There might be a real deal out there somewhere, but so far, no one has picked up on old James Randi's offer for what was it, a million dollars cash? A million dollars to yeah. anybody that can uh, prove they have some sort of paranormal ability. But if if you're talking about a um, specifically a person who makes their living doing psychic readings. Yeah, like I'm of the opinion that those people are hucksters. There may be somebody who has a little psychic flash here and there or something like that, fine and dandy, can't control it, whatever. Um, I certainly don't have any problem with uh, somebody else being brought in to take a look at the evidence and come up with an opinion, uh, you know, look in some place that hasn't been looked in before. If that person wants to call themselves a psychic, that would diminish um, their credibility in my mind. I would, I would think that, you know, I'd, I'd prefer to see, uh, you know, anybody brought in for any reason other than a psychic uh, for their opinion. But, you know, fine, fine, as long as we can find evidence. But this is just crazy. Get crazy, your, crazy talk. Whether your kids are autistic or they're not autistic, they're just kids, get them out of these government schools because it's just it's like a ticking time bomb having kids in these government schools. Anything can happen anytime, and there's no reason why you won't be picked next. Your kids won't be picked targeted uh, for whatever absurd accusation. Who knows? Don't give them the opportunity. 800-259-9231. But there's uh, some shocking footage that's come out of Cedar Rapids. As you may be aware, there's been some flooding. We'll show you what happened in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download right there on the front page of the website. Going back an entire year totally free at Free Talk Live. Dot com. Do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, internobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Or see their banner at our website, freetalklive.com. Already low prices you get 10% off on. Wow. 1-800-259-9231. So, remember Mark uh, and Julia after... Hurricane Katrina, uh, of course, it wasn't the hurricane that did most of the damage. It was the Army Corps of Engineers and their inability to engineer anything correctly. And the government's uh, sort of um, ecological laws that it uh, managed to pass that wouldn't, allow the, that wouldn't allow the Army Corps of Engineers to do certain improvements on the levees. This is a big government cluster F, essentially. Right. It's, they're, it's, they're, you know, the, 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 the disaster from Katrina was the government, not the hurricane. It resulted in uh, the levees breaking and a lot of areas being flooded. After that, after all that damage was done, then 
Yeah, the human damage that came through. You had the government people coming through and raiding people's homes, breaking and entering into people's homes and confiscating firearms. We saw video footage of it. We know it happened. This isn't speculation. It's no theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. Government goons were taking guns out of the hands of old ladies and old men. And young men, and anybody who happened to have them. They, they went threw one him. old lady to the ground. They sure t- did. Taking a, t- taking a pistol that they asked her, do you have any guns? She, she showed it to them. She showed the gun, and then they threw her to the ground. Yep. She wasn't threatening them in any way. So I don't want to rehash the Hurricane Katrina thing, but I do just want to point out that what has what is happening in Cedar Rapids, Iowa has happened before and will likely happen again. Well, there was that, uh, wasn't that that hurricane, no, it wasn't a hurricane, a, a tornado that went through and they were doing the same thing and was it Kansas? Kansas. They took guns in Kansas. This isn't about taking guns, at least we haven't heard that that has happened yet, but it is about breaking and entering and there's video footage of it happening. According to PrisonPlanet.com, shocking footage out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, shows cops and government employee strike teams breaking into houses of flood victims and threatening anyone who questions their actions in complete violation of the Fourth Amendment right that protects against unlawful search and seizure. No warrant, no-knock home invasions are being carried out on the flimsy pretext of checking for structural damage. As cops, That is a flimsy pretext. Yep, as cops harass and threaten with arrest people who refuse to have their homes ransacked by thugs in uniforms. Cedar Rapids Police Chief Greg Graham promised residents over the weekend that law enforcement officers are not entering homes and that firefighters would only enter homes through unlocked doors and windows, yet the, the video clearly shows locked houses being broken into. People who attempt to gain access to their home before it has been cleared by authorities are being apprehended, and those who drive around police checkpoints that have been set up in the affected areas are arrested at gunpoint. This is nuts. Look, if they give, a, uh, you know, the, they give some kind of warning to clear out of the area... Is all that means to me is the government is no longer responsible for saving your butt. They never were in the first place. Right. But, you know, they're not going to. They're not going to come around and save your butt. So if you want to, uh, you know, the evacuation order has been given and you decide you want to stay there wherever it is, whether it's a hurricane or flood or yeah. fire, I don't care. Fine. It's just the evacuation order was given. Yeah. And if you decide you want to go back into the area to your home, it's your home. That's you what should I be able would to think. Go. That's, what, that's what makes sense to me. But according to the government people, they own your property, or at least the ability to access your property, and uh, they don't like it very much when you decide that you want to access your own property in a case like this. Each strike team consisted of six or seven people, including police, firefighters, utilities, workers, and city employees, according to the Iowa Gazette. Uh, Angela Tagg, a member of the Star One Search and Rescue Team from Ames, ran into an angry homeowner. He was saying, where do you live, and how would you like it if someone busted your door open, Tag said. Police officer Josh Bell later had a heated exchange with the man and told him if he didn't go back inside his house and stop harassing the strike team, then he would be escorted out of the area. The man was visibly agitated about his broken door and pointed at Officer Bell. He said, it's wrong, the man said, over and over. It is wrong. He's right. So they broke into this man's house, and the guy came out and said, hey, how dare you? How would you feel if someone broke your door open? And the officer threatened him and said, get back in your house or else we're going to hurt you. Stupid thugs. So the people who are uncomfortable with jackbooted thugs breaking down their door without even knocking and express their distaste for it are to blame for harassing the strike team? 
Respondents to the YouTube clip and the newspaper article expressed their outrage at the behavior of those in the video tasked with helping flood-stricken people, yet doing nothing more than intimidating and invading their homes. And I wonder if they break into your home and they find a bong sitting on the table, what do they do in that case? Look the other way, it, I'm sure. Oh, you know, they just let it slide because it's a flood. It's a it's a natural disaster, and we wouldn't want to be arresting people when they're trying to escape the the uh, the floodwaters, would we? I don't know. It would seem like if the disaster was uh, was uh, imminent enough that they would probably ignore it and go on and do what they had to do. But uh, if it, if whatever danger had passed, then I, I certainly wouldn't want to take my chances with that scenario. You break down the door of my private residence, and when I object, you threaten to escort me off my own property. Fine example of police work. Did anyone think to knock first? Thomas Jefferson said the main reason for citizens to be armed was to protect themselves from tyrannical government. If this isn't tyranny, then I don't know what is. A man's home is his castle, said one resident. A sad sad day for America when government thugs abuse the trust of citizenry like this, writes another. I like what that man said. You usually don't hear things like that yeah. from the everyday uh, average Right, you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect to hear that at all. They, I mean, you know, they, they usually just... say things like, well, they're just doing their job. Or I yeah. don't, don't like it. Don't you want to be safe? You, you know, they, Maybe they, it's worth it. They're inarticulate in, in uh, yeah. describing why it is they don't like something. Another comment. Uh, these are some of the comments from the stories. Uh, so these cops and firefighters are part-time structural engineers or what? What are they inspecting for in the structures? Gas and electric could be shut off at the source, and any spills are so diluted they won't catch fire. The poli- We're talking about flooding here. Yeah. Right? Uh, the police chief said no police would enter through any homes, and what do you know? Mr. Fat uh, Cop goes piling through the window thinking he's T.J. Hooker. <laughs> One Iowa res because in the video footage uh, you can see them breaking into someone's door with some sort of a crowbar-looking device, and then they also but it looks it seems a little more technologically advanced than a crowbar, and then they also break into someone's window as well. Special SWAT crowbar. Uh, One Iowa resident expressed her anger with that authorities will not let her re-enter her home. She writes, "I sit here with tears streaming down my face. I've been trying to be patient and await to enter my home. Now today I'm told there will be no re-entries until further notice." I cannot express how effing mad I am. I understand the houses can be unsafe. Just let me at least see my house so I can assess uh, so I can assess if it hit my top floor. I have pictures and memories on my top floor of my deceased mother. All I want to do is rescue those, she writes. As they reported in 2005, Hurricane Katrina was exploited by the federal government and used as a martial law drill while victims were abused and treated like rats in a laboratory. Door-to-door gun confiscations were ordered and cops ransacked homes and took weapons for multi-million dollar homes which were in the high and dry areas and completely unaffected by the hurricane. In some cases, residents were kicked out of their own homes for no reason. Outrageous footage showed cops seizing handguns handguns from the home of a grief-stricken old woman as they assaulted and punched her in the face. More coming up here in moments. We'll tell you about one man who did try to get to his house and what the cops did to him. Here in moments, this is your show. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. The features include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo, proving they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. If your company needs uh, to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, they do early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know, they know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com and do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Well, it's happening again, this time Cedar Rapids, Iowa. They have yet to confiscate any weapons that we've heard of. We don't know exactly, uh, you know, as far as the weapons situation is concerned. But we do know they are breaking into people's homes. Uh, they do not have any consent. They're not even knocking on the doors first. Some residents are, are uh, rightfully outraged about this, and uh, PrisonPlanet.com is reporting on it here. They ask the question, where does government think it derives the authority from to break into people's homes whose lives have already been devastated by massive floods on the flimsiest of pretexts? The Fourth Amendment states the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. Well, maybe it is. Maybe they just don't consider this a search. Maybe they don't consider it unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the problem with this Constitution thing. It's got holes all over it. And the government people will just say, well, the general welfare is what we're all about. And even if the government comes back, uh, you know, some court somewhere comes back and says this was unreasonable. Um, it will What's be done is done. It will be years later. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the government will have intruded that much farther. And, you know, the fact is our Fourth Amendment rights are smaller than they used to be um, when the Constitution was written. Slowly but surely, inexorably, the government grows. Right. And we've seen the Supreme Court uh, back up the police, the, uh, granting them new powers time after time. So even if the courts do come back and say, you guys went too far, you did wrong here, that in no way will prevent the police from doing it again in the future. Just because they get slapped down from the courts doesn't mean they can't keep doing it. They'll just try it again at some later point and hope they don't get sued this, this time. Because it's not like any of the cops have to pay out of their pocket. None of these individuals who actually broke and entered into people's homes will ever be held responsible for it. The department may end up, you know, having to apologize because of some lawsuit, and that's even that's just a remote possibility. No one has ever won any lawsuits, to my knowledge, about what happened after Hurricane Katrina. People got their guns taken from them in a clear violation of the Second Amendment, and what happened there? There's all the Second Amendment is the uh, the, the most beaten up of all the amendments, and I, you know, what's go, the there's the case in uh, in in D.C. whether they're going to decide whether anybody at all can possess a gun. Period. In yeah. the, the District of That's Columbia. Kind of scary. Anyway, even if there was a legitimate reason to inspect homes, why on earth did they not even bother to knock on the door? Cops immediately attempt to break in or climb through windows, uninvited, because this procedure is all about sending a message. When a crisis unfolds, we are the bosses, and you, the peasants, will yield to our tyranny. Sounds accurate. 800-259-9231. 
So they're talking about maybe filing some lawsuits here. And then they also say that uh, with reports indicating that the Mississippi River is in danger of bursting its banks, the precedent that was set with Hurricane Katrina could be set to advance as government minions and jackbooted thugs across the country lick their lips at the prospect of kicking down more doors and harassing innocent people. What kind of a person gets into that line of work? I mean, these aren't just regular police officers, right? These are higher-level strike teams. Well, it's well, not necessarily a higher level. It's no. a situation. Did you want to, uh, you know, do, do you want to possibly advance your career or just have the fun of being on the strike team too? You know, it's sort of a step forward if you'd like to be on the strike team. Yeah. And they do additional training and probably get additional pay in order to do that training and and that kind of thing. Who wants? So, are you asking who takes the job of police officer or who takes the job of strike team member? The, the strike, strike team member. The okay, strike, strike teams team. were. Uh, uh, were police, firefighters, utilities workers, and city employees. Wow. So it wasn't just cops. So, so we're talking about our little city clerk down here breaking into houses and. Well, you're talking about a variety of city bureaucrats that that are involved here. And well, there was uh, the prison I was at uh, for for years and years. There was a uh, team that that uh, I can't remember what it was called. Uh, you know, the first response team or something okay. like that. And they they had their little plexiglass shields and their their uh, helmets and they did uh, you know they they, they, they they did their little maneuvers and and they they'd form up into a phalanx to take on the uh, the, the the convicts and and that whole thing so the, the the guys that were on there generally fell into two categories um you know lesser or greater of you know these two categories was one they knew that by volunteering for this particular uh, crew they they would you know catch the eye of the people that gave the promotions and two, they got to have the fun of, uh, you know, maybe, just maybe, I can kick the head in of some inmate who's, uh, you know, deserves it. That seems sick to me. I, I don't know. I just can't imagine getting excited about that sort of Well, activity. you're not a sadist. <laughs> and th- 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 but sadists, that's what gets them excited. They like to hurt people, right? Well, I think that, I think, uh, you know, testosterone drives all men to want to, to, to fight to some extent or another. I don't want to fight other people. Maybe I just don't have enough testosterone. Huh? I, you know, I, I, I don't, I have no explanation. I'm not going to create an explanation yeah. for you. But um, you, don't, you don't watch movies where you see the bad guys, uh, you know, and the good guys fighting it out. And you feel like, oh, I could do that. I could, I could fight off the bad guys. That'd be bad. That'd be no. great. No? Well, um, I can tell you a lot of guys do. They, okay. You know, they think to themselves, yes, and, and, and people want to fight on the side of righteousness and good. And I think that may be the answer to your question, Julia, is that uh, beyond the sadist factor, many of these people breaking into these homes aren't expecting to be able to bust heads. They are expecting the homes to be empty. Um, and they may actually be, you know, they might have joined this because they believe they're doing you know, they're helping people. They believe that there could be people perhaps trapped in their homes and that they're going there to make sure that they're okay and there's nobody in these homes. So it could simply be that they believe that what they're doing is right. Uh, that's probably a factor for a number of these folks. But they're not doing something right. And th- we're talking about a flood situation. It's not like these houses are on fire. If there's somebody inside these homes, they certainly aren't trapped there. If they were, um, if, if they were part of a private organization that was uh, deciding to, to save people by, you know, coming into their homes, mm-hmm. Ill, you know, breaking into their homes and checking for structural damage, um, you know, stepping well beyond the bounds of uh, what is reasonable, then they'd be held responsible, and a court could could hold them responsible. However, these people are going to do what they want because they're not going to be held responsible. Yeah, they're not going to replace your problem with government. They break into your front door. They break into your front door and they're not going to fix it. 
when you get back to the house. No, no, they're not. And they won't even tell you. Likely, uh, you'll just get, be under the impression right. that, that looters were sure. in there or something. Yeah, and it might as well. I mean, for how do you know they didn't take stuff? You have no guarantees. You don't even know which bureaucrats broke in. I think that the chances that uh, the bureaucrats are running in packs decreases the, um, their opportunity to take things from Depends people. Depends on who their, uh, who their pack mates are. It does. Uh, what I'm saying is it de- decreases the I see where you're uh, coming chances. from. Story here out of the Des Moines Register continuing a related uh, story. The Iowa State Patrol said Wednesday that two state troopers were justified in arresting a Cedar Rapids man who tried to run a checkpoint Monday in an effort to return to his flood-damaged home. The State Patrol will not conduct an internal affairs investigation of the incident. No ins- no investigation necessary. Everything looked fine. Here we, big deal. We pulled guns on this man because he wanted to go back to his house. A news photographer captured photos of the incident. Uh, they showed Trooper Scott Devereaux pointing his gun at the man, Ricky Blazek, who was 53, while accompanied with Trooper Paul Gardner. Colonel Patrick Hoy, chief of the Iowa State Patrol, released a statement saying the troopers acted appropriately considering the circumstances. Hoy said, at times, photographs tell only part of the story. I can indeed ensure you this is the case in this situation. Law enforcement officers pulled Blazek out of his pickup Monday after he tried to run the checkpoint, according to the Associated Press. When he allegedly bumped a state trooper three times with the truck, officers drew their weapons, broke a window of his vehicle, and wrestled Blazek out. The trooper was not injured. Blazek was among the thousands of flood victims frustrated by authorities' decision Monday to cut off access to flood-damaged homes because of safety concerns. About 25,000 people were forced to evacuate their, evacuate their homes in Cedar Rapids because of the flooding on the Cedar River. Some are now returning as floodwaters recede. Blazek was arrested and taken to jail because flooding forced the evacuation of a different jail. Uh, so they're talking about how the jails are... Changed up there. He'd been charged with assault with a dangerous weapon on a peace officer, a felony punishable by up to five years in prison. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it right now at 800-259-9231. The single CAI toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com. Get great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like T-shirts, hats, hoodies, uh, DVD, classic archive, collector sets, and more all over there at store.freetalklive.com. Talking about the situation in Cedar Rapids, the Cedar Rapids area in Iowa, where people are having their homes broken into by the police and other bureaucrats based on no reason at all, beyond just they're just claiming they want to check for structural integrity because they care about you. That's why they're breaking down people's front doors and who knows what else they're doing on the inside when the cameras aren't around. Uh, but then they're also not only breaking into people's homes, but they're also preventing you from going back to your home. Let's say you want to go and, oh, I don't know, take some stuff out of your house because you care about some old stuff of yours and you want to get it back. Well, sorry, these areas are off limits and they are not allowing anybody by their little police checkpoints. In fact, if you try to go by the checkpoints, the cops will get in your way. And then if you try to get by them at that point, they will pull guns on you, which is what happened to a 53-year-old man named Ricky Blazek. He tried to get back to his house, and law enforcement officers ended up pulling him out the window of his pickup truck after pulling guns and pointing them at his head. 
after he allegedly bumped a state trooper three times with the truck. Now, the trooper is standing in front of his truck, so he was just trying to get where he was going, and the trooper decided to get in his way because it's so important that we stop people from going back to their homes. We are the authorities, and we have deemed that it is unacceptable for you to traverse these roads. Who do you think you are, peon, peasant, serf, subject? Anyway, you paid for the roads. Uh, Blazek was arrested and taken to uh, jail. He's been released but remains under pretrial supervision. Could not be reached for comment. Hope, uh, one of the bureaucrats said Blazek was arrested after he'd been advised numerous times that authority for passage into the flooded area had not been granted. So some bureaucrat sitting in his uh, high, lofty position had not yet deemed it uh, acceptable for him to be traveling on these roads. Authority had not been granted. Well, how did they get the authority to grant and remove the ability to travel in the first place? Fact is, they don't have such a thing. There's no, there is no authority. They're just men with guns, and that's what stopped Mr. Blazek from getting to his house. Men with guns who were willing to shoot him dead if he continued to do what he was doing. E.A. Penny Westfall, director of the Iowa Law Enforcement Academy, which oversees the State Patrol's Academy for New Troopers, said law enforcement officials are trained to handle stressful incidents. One type of training known as verbal judo provides techniques to defuse potentially dangerous situations. Look, this situation wasn't dangerous until your cops pulled out their firearms and pointed them at this man. You were in no danger whatsoever. If this guy had gone around the checkpoint and gotten back to his house, no one would have been put in any danger. Except maybe him if the roads were indeed in bad condition. And that's his problem and his responsibility. Well, he said Blazek was arrested after he was uh, advised numerous times. He says you were trying to tell the person who you are and why you're stopping them and what you want them to do and to be empathetic, understanding, and not let it escalate. But sometimes it doesn't work, they said. And that's when they pull out the guns. So, there you go. I, I don't see any reason at all why a person shouldn't be able to use the roads that they, uh, you know. Paid wh- for. Paid for, whether they're dangerous or not. I mean, you know, I, I, it, it would seem like to me if the authorities have given the, uh, you know, have, have sounded the evacuation, then they are under no responsibility. That means they're leaving town, people. Yeah. They have no responsibility at all to protect, uh, you know, property or anything like that. Look, it's... It's an evacuation. Well, That's appar- it. apparently it doesn't mean they are leaving town as in the government people. Apparently it sounds to me like they're putting in a control grid police state. That's what the roads have ended up being used for is a, a the the essentially the, uh, the the control grid that allows the government people to access virtually any portion of uh, of any area and shut it down and prevent people from coming in and uh, stop people from leaving at will based on totally arbitrary decisions. And it doesn't have to do necessarily, it doesn't only have to do with, uh, with natural disaster, though that's, that is the easiest excuse for them. Oh, well, Mother Nature has uh, hit this area hard, so we're going to stop people from coming back to their homes and break into people's houses, because we can, because nothing will happen to us if we do. That's what, they, that's what they're doing, but they don't just need natural disasters. They can use violence. They can use crime as an excuse, as we saw recently in Washington, D.C., where they've set up checkpoints on, a, on specific neighborhoods that they have deemed high crime areas, and they've got police checking people who are coming in and out. And we are not even allowing people in that don't, don't, don't have business there, that don't right. belong there. Yeah, if you, can't, uh, if you can't come up with a good enough story to get past the checkpoint, sorry, you can't come into this neighborhood. 
So much for the freedom to travel. It's crazy. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything, and we'll talk to Ryan in Kalispell, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Ryan, what's on your mind? What, the, what these authorities need to realize is this is this is for the to the republic for which it stands. The citizen and the civilians are the highest uh, title in the land, according to our constitution. You know, and they they just need to realize that that they're, they're supposed to be protecting and serving us. Yeah, it's a nice idea, but it doesn't really work that way, does it? <laughs> no, it don't seem to, because uh, we just got a, a new uh, Homeland Security uh, up here in Hot Springs in, uh, in Montana, up here above north of Flathead Lake. Uh, they put in a bunch of homes up here for Homeland Security and whatnot, and it's Deutschland Security as far as I'm concerned pretty scary stuff what's going on out there and there's very little that one can do about it i mean mark you were lamenting the loss of the second amendment and if anything that's one of the easiest ones to to uh, run roughshod over because people are going to be the seen as crazy pro- if yeah. they shoot back the only yeah the only way to protect it is to use the second amendment uh, you know the guns but then you're dead yep because no, but not everybody is going to feel the same way as you. You're right. Not you're, everyone you're is right. To... It's, it's the easiest one for them to, um, to run over, yeah. and that's why it is the one they have run over the most. But and yet the Second Amendment is uh, supposed to be the protector of all the other amendments. Yeah. So, so we're told. I, I don't, I don't see a lot work of out that way. That. Didn't work out that way. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's because people have been so indoctrinated to believe that the government is good that there are only a few folks out there with our viewpoint that say, hey, this is crazy. This is a police state. We should fight back against this. But then most of the other people would call you a nut job if you were to actually use violence to fight back. And, of course, that would end up in your immediate demise because because they've got more guns than you do, and they'll direct them all against you. As we've seen, whenever somebody kills a cop, all of the cops in the, the immediate vicinity turn out, and they work overtime to try, to, to try to find the person, and that person never ends up getting a trial. They just get executed on the spot. So there, there is no point in using violence to resist these tyrants, because it will just result in your life being cut down. So we don't advocate violent uh, solutions to problems on this show, but, it, it, but when you take violence off the table, you really have to get creative. You really have to think of things here that would really help change these situations. So think about that for a moment. If you were in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, after this flooding situation, and the government people were blocking the roads, what sort of nonviolent actions or, or peaceful actions could be taken in order to make a point? Thanks for the call, Ryan. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. How about a human chain? How about instead of just one guy trying to get to his house, how about a chain full of people that are, you know, all locking arms who've all decided they want to go back to a house so they can have a party or something like that? Whatever the reason, whatever the reason it, is. Because it's their house. Because it's, it's their house. house. It's as good a reason as any. Right. And I want to have all my friends over because we're going to have a flood party and we're going to clean up my house and we're going to work together to, uh, to make it livable again. And uh, we're going to lock our arms and going to walk right past the police. We're going to carry video cameras and do something do something like that. But you can't go it alone. You really can't. You can't be a one-man army against these thugs, against these little tyrants. What about, you guys got any other ideas? I mean, I was, you know, group group of people going back to their home. I think that would be interesting. Cameras. You have to have cameras. Cameras are always uh, always work. If you can videotape these people, you know, one, one, they man, hate cameras. one man coming out there and saying no. 
you're not coming into my house and the, and somebody else videotaping it um you know one of the problems with cameras though is that they'll try to confiscate them and take the tapes out of them um or erase it or erase it uh we have recently seen um, cell phones that have uh video that uploads directly to the internet it's starting uh, to happen more and more it's just it's a few out there at the moment but, but at this point you know it's it's relatively new technology and yeah. most people don't have it but you know, a piece of technology like that is very valuable in dealing with the police. Who knows when you're going to have to deal with them? Nobody expects to, but, well, it, it that one moment in time, certainly more valuable than a shotgun in dealing with these people. What else? What else? Any other ideas? How about breaking into the police chief's home? Do that on video. Since he's breaking into your home, maybe you could return the favor. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's probably violence. Yeah. That's probably violence. We shouldn't go there. Yeah. But it does sound like fun. Anyway, it has been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Something must be done, and that's why we've joined the Free State Project. Of course, we'll tell you more about that as the days go on. More coming up tomorrow night. See you then. freetalklive.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.